This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. What's so great about reading picture books with children is just opportunities for them to see themselves or something they relate to. I think it's, it is so powerful. There's a lot more books for our types of families, which is amazing. I don't think you can't have enough. Because the issue is our families need to have the same type of representation as all other kind of like heteronormative families. There just can't be too many LGBTQ plus family books. Is it for everybody or is it just for, you know, gay parents? No, absolutely. It's for everybody. Welcome one and all to Some Families, the podcast that celebrates all LGBTQ plus families. This week is World Book Day on the 4th of March and we are using the opportunity to finally celebrate one of our favourite things that we love to talk about. It's books. It is. It's book week and this is our book special episode. Hello, I'm Lottie by the way. And I am Stu. Hello. We've been really looking forward to this episode because books... As a published author myself, as we've discussed previously on this oh my podcast. You've got a book um, out, Lottie. Yes, I do. I never would have known. Just quickly on book week, my daughter's not of an age yet that we have to dress her up as anything and take her anywhere. But do you have that stress that I see on Instagram of parents being like, ah, it's book week and we don't forgot about it and we've got to put like put a hat on her and say she's the cat in the hat. Yeah, so this year I've been really excited for, but it's kind of crept on us too quickly again. And you've reminded me that tomorrow I need to get my Amazon Prime order in. Is that last year, and I completely missed out on it, I was desperate to dress the kids up. Because of, because we've got three of them and because of their ages, I'm desperate to dress them up as Wendy, Michael and John from Peter Pan. Oh, nice. super simple. And we've got like the Nana dog. Oh, I can't wait to see the pictures of that. Yeah, I think I need to make it happen. Thank you for the reminder. I, <laughs> I might just, I might just pop off mid, uh, mid podcast and do yeah, a little Amazon. Yeah, if we lose Stu, he's <laughs> that's that's he's where I am. Shopping. What would you do? What would your daughter? Oh my what god, would be the outfit. She'd have to be a gentlewoman. S- <laughs> she's the complete opposite. She's like would have to be some completely rambunctious wild child, and she could be Max in where the wild things are. She'd be I really do, good at that. I have a, a Max onesie in my wardrobe somewhere. For yourself? And, 
Yes, for myself. Okay. I don't think it would fit your daughter. It was from a campaign I did years ago. We digress. I'm really excited to be talking to you about books, Lottie, because I feel this has been a long time coming for us. And this is definitely the first of many specials that I think that we will do around the subjects of books. Yes, we spoke about it before Christmas, didn't we? So if you haven't listened to this already, um, go and listen to our Christmas episode if you're feeling like you want to relive the joy of Christmas because we had a good fun chat and recommended some books in that episode yeah there are so many books that are just that are perfect for LGBTQ plus families we wanted to celebrate an established book that's out there and also a new book that is coming so in order to do this Lottie and I we've split up this week Um, don't worry everyone we're getting back together it's not an uncoupling, but we became roaming reporters and we've chatted some to some wonderful authors to get the lay of the land of what it takes to write an LGBTQ plus children's book. And I spoke to Carolyn Robertson, who I was really excited to speak to. For those who don't know, wrote and self-published Two Mums and a Menagerie and Two Dads. And I spoke to Gary and Gareth, who have a new book coming out called My Daddies, and it's published by Penguin Random House, and it's one of the first major publishing houses to publish an LGBTQ plus children's book. Hurrah! Well done, Penguin. Well done. Before we share our On The Road reports, Lottie, I just want to check in. What are some of the favourite books that you're reading at the moment, either to yourself or to your daughter? Okay, well, my daughter is obsessed with books. To the, she's two and a half and we have to put her in bed at night with a book and she just sits up on her own. She can't read, obviously, but she'll just sit with the book and she's really into lift the flap books at the moment, but she lifts the flaps like so officiously and she just like reads the same book over and over and over again, making up the story as she goes along. So she kind of, I mean, both her parents are writers, so maybe... This is our influence, but if we start reading a book to her, she gets angry with us and wants to read it herself. She's um, a budding, she's a budding author. She maybe, yeah. She does love telling stories. So at the moment, we've sort of we're in like lift the flap book land, and I have yet to find a lift the flap book that in any way celebrates LGBTQ plus families. You could have one though. You could have like lift who's under the flap. It's a gay adoptive single dad. Ta da! <laughs> um, so, but the book that she loves that does have a family that I think she relates to is called Heather Has Two Mummies. And it's a picture book that was published in 2015. So it's actually quite old, come to think of it. And it's by a woman called Leslie Newman. And it's just a really sweet story. And she has um, two mummies and she goes to school and everybody talks about their. They're different kinds of families. Are they mommies? They're mommies. Yeah, mommies. they're mommies. But then I also wanted to talk about a book for grown-ups that I've read that I think is truly fantastic. It's quite intellectual read. It's called The Argonauts, and it's by a writer called Maggie Nelson. And I read it before my daughter was born, and she is in a relationship with a gender non-conforming person who has a child already, and then she goes through IVF and they have a child but the way she talks about bodies and pregnancy and being queer and she brings in a lot of like literary theory philosophy psychoanalysis and the writing itself is really lyrical and she quotes a lot of like Roland Barthes and critical thinking so it's a really really interesting and wonderful book and I'd really recommend 
people read it. And also, of course, Alexandra Hemmingsley's book, Somebody to Love, that I think I also spoke about in our Christmas episode, and is the story of her husband transitioning from male to female just after her first child was born. So that's also a great read yeah, for grown-ups. I'm really looking forward to reading that one. What about you, Stu? What, what are you reading to the kids or reading yourself? We got the kids a whole new load of books for Christmas and there's one actually that I just wanted to shout out it's not an LGBTQ plus book but it was one that I thought was was great to mention because I really love it and the kids really love it as well it's called The Proudest Blue and I don't know if you've heard of it no what's it about written by an Olympian Ibti Hazar Mohammed. I hope I've pronounced your name correctly it's about a little girl who watches her sister go to school wearing her hijab for the first time and watches her sister get bullied within the school and it's just this really beautiful book about acceptance and also how that a child who is potentially faced with uh, adversity at school through through having something different about them can overcome that it's beautifully illustrated it's beautifully told and the kids absolutely love it as well. So I just wanted to share that one. Because that sounds great. I will definitely add that to my list. The other one is one actually we did talk about on our Christmas episode as well. Plug, plug, go back and listen. Uh, but it's Princess Kevin, which since the Christmas episode, I read with my son all the time and he loves it. And it's about a little boy who wants to dress up as a princess at his uh, school's kind of it's like their book day where everyone comes dressed in as a, a particular character. It's really gorgeous and it's got a twist at the end as well. I mean, it's not really a twist, it's a kid's book, but it's still super sweet. And I think it's really resonating for him because if you if you remember listener, he does like to wear dresses himself. So it's kind of mm-hmm. validated his own being, as it were, by by seeing himself represented in, Prin- in Princess Kevin. Bless him. Oh, that's what's so great about reading picture books with children is just opportunities for them to see themselves or something they relate to I think it's it is so powerful yes so Lottie I got to um, speak to Carolyn Robertson who I've been as I said I've been really looking forward to speaking to her because she wrote the book Two Dads that is popular in our house it's been one of our longest books that we've had and uh, we talked to her about the the book and how she set up her own publishing company which is called Sparkly Poo the clue listener is in the name Some families look completely different from each other, but that doesn't mean that they don't love each other to the moon and back. Welcome, Carolyn, to Some Families. Hello. Hello. Lovely to meet you. <laughs> Lovely to meet you too. I actually wanted to start, Carolyn. I wanted to show you something. So this is our second copy. And for listener at home, I am showing Carolyn my dog-eared, roughed-up <laughs> copy <laughs> Second copy, I might add, of Two Dads, which, as you can see, and I don't know if you can quite see via the via the camera, Carolyn, is so battered up because we have read it so many times. Oh, and, that's wonderful. And my kids literally know it off by heart. And so I just wanted to kickstart by saying a huge thank you because your book does mean an awful lot to us and our family. And it's really 
like the word adoption just rolls off the tongue of my children now and for that it's just such a wonderful tool oh that's really lovely thank you for not just our family but every family out there but before we jump into all of your wonderful publishing adventures do you want to start by introducing yourself to our listener and tell them a little bit about who you are i am carolyn robertson and i was formerly a teacher and then we adopted our first son gosh he's 13 now he's huge we adopted him when he was just uh, just under one then I think I worked about four or five years more and then we adopted our second son. And after that, I decided to uh, give up teaching. It was just a bit too difficult. And I was a bit bored at home because uh, parenthood is is wonderful, but it's also really monotonous and boring at times. I just needed to keep my mind busy. And as a primary school teacher, one thing that was really important to me was books and sharing books and I couldn't find anything for our types of family. I thought, well, I'll have a go at writing my own. And and that's how I came to be uh, an author of kids' books. Which was the first book that you wrote? I actually wrote two devs first. And the reason why I did that was because two very close friends of mine had adopted Little Boy. And um, I just saw them together and... um, what I felt was there was nothing to reflect just how love how lovely their family setup was, and to see two men in, in such a a loving environment was was incredible, and I wanted that to be reflected, and so I messed around with some ideas and I did the two the two dads book first and then something for my boys as well which was the two mums and a menagerie. So you wrote the books. So then what happened next? Because I guess, you know, from my understanding and what you've just said, you you didn't have any particular knowledge of the publishing industry or contacts within the publishing industry. No, I didn't. Well, I, I didn't. Other than the fact that I did a decent knowledge of what a good picture book was after being a primary school teacher for so long. And um, I think... Uh, actually, I do remember I gave it to a, a mutual friend who was a, a niche publisher, of, obviously not that niche, and he said to me... Uh, it's too niche, it won't sell. How wrong he was. <laughs> mm. He said if it was a book just about um, two dads or two mums, he said, I could imagine it selling it. But because you've mentioned adoption, I don't think it will sell as well. And actually, the adoption part was the most important bit for me because mm. that's what was really missing in the market. There was, you know, I wanted to celebrate our, our families because they are very unique. And that's why I was like, okay. Uh, he looked at my book, sat on it for about six months and he said, oh, I think it's good, but I'm not sure that we can find a publishing house for it. And so I ended up uh, setting up Sparkly Poo Publications and um, I found an illustrator who was my best friend from primary school, sister-in-law. <laughs> I, I put the book together and and then I found different ways of, of, of printing it as printing companies set up sparkly poo publications i love the name spark where did the, where did the name sparkly poo come from well my youngest son he still has this now he's, he's actually autistic but he uh, when he was very little he um had this thing about he used to imbibe everything he would eat absolutely everything that came his way and so whenever i picked him up from nursery there'd be green poos or red poos or and one day he ate a whole tub of glitter. <laughs> it was just, yeah, it was it was incredible. So um, yeah, his his poo was sparkly, and um, <laughs> I, I just thought it was such a funny a funny story and a funny name. So that's where it came from, sparkly poo. I've since found out though that people actually do that. You can buy capsules to, but uh, anyway, <laughs> no, you yeah. can buy capsules to make your poo sparkly. 
allegedly so. I've since been told that wasn't wow. where I was going with it. No. So you, you put it out yourself, which is yeah. amazing. And you created Spark to Be. When did success kind of come then? And, and how did it start getting noticed? Well, really quite quickly, actually. It was quite an organic process but it really was I think the first book of its kind and when we first adopted uh, our eldest son it was quite in the early days of LGBT adoption I was kind of like one of the first earlier members of I'm sure you've heard of New Family Social yes um, yeah yeah so I was there with Andy who set it up It, it was only like been going two years at that point and so gay adoptions wasn't really a thing and so when the book did come out I knew loads of families straight away from uh, New Family Social. And then it kind of just spawned and I learned how to use Twitter. And so that it became bigger from that. And and then it got into the States. And I actually went, we went for my mum's 70th birthday. My brother and I took her to New York and I went with armfuls of books and I went to all the uh, different centres I could and gave them copies and said, please review. And that was a way of, of getting it noticed. Then unbelievably I got a phone call from the BBC and saying that they wanted to feature it on the programme which was incredible so that's how it ended up on on CBBC or CBBS. and was that when Will Young read the yeah. book on Bedtime yeah. Stories and that was such a big moment in time I remember because I mean it was you know not too distant history but you know it was such a I think a moment for CBBS to really show diversity within some of the the output that they're putting out there for for families. Yeah, it was. And we love Will Young. Yeah. <laughs> so when did Two Dads get published? That was two thousand fourteen. Yeah. So how have you since since that time? So wow, seven seven years ago. Mm-hmm. My my maths is good. Um, seven years ago, how have you seen the industry change since you first? Since you first published it. There's a lot more books for uh, our types of families, which is amazing. I, I don't think you can't have enough. Because the issue is our families need to have the same type of representation as all other kind of like heteronormative families. I mean, why not? Why, why is it that you go into a classroom and see loads of books about mums and dads and that's the norm? And, and yet there, there's nothing with, with two dads or two mums. So now there are, there, are, there, are, there are a lot more out there and I think that's fantastic. I totally applaud it. I think it's it's great. And I hope that they become kind of like well-loved classics. And kids from any background can just pick it up and look at the book and think it's kind of normal. Because now one in six adoptions in, in the UK is through LGBT families. So that's a huge population of Absolutely. children coming up. And even regardless of the amount of families out there, you know, the fact that we as families are out there, I feel it's, it's, it's so important to have that representation to any child to understand that there are so many different types of families yeah. that they could encounter at any point during their life or they could even become at some point in their life. And children don't really judge. I don't, I've, I've not found any judgment from the kids. It's the only judgment that's ever been about the books has always been from other adults. I mean, children are very accepting about different types of family setups. It's just normal to them I mean it's been a very positive story have you had any challenges from people along the way you know you mentioned you found how to use Twitter but that's notoriously a hideous pit of uh, of opinions sometimes how how have you navigated that and have you had any yeah I did after the Will Young thing there was quite a lot of Mm. uh, trolling actually got a bit nasty there was a piece that was because quite a lot of press pieces came out and I'm, I'm from Leeds originally and there was one 
from the Yorkshire Evening Post. And I used to work for the Yorkshire Evening Post. And it popped up underneath the comments section, really nasty comments about Will Young, about the fact that there's, there's no way it should have been put on bedtime stories and uh, it was going to turn the nation gay and that it was, it was sick. And, and I actually wrote a conversation piece afterwards for the paper and said, look, I used to work for you. And I, I wrote an answer back to that. I just said all the things I wanted to say, which is our families have got just as much right to be represented as, as heterosexual families. I also pointed out that, you know, a lot of adopted children are actually removed from toxic heterosexual relationships and nobody seems to notice that, that that's what's going on. And um, I felt, yeah, quite, I'm glad I wrote that piece. And thank you for, for doing so. And with schools, being a being a parent yourself now and seeing I mean have you have you seen a difference in the types of books that schools are representing within their their classes and their libraries yeah I I have generally usually around LGBT history month we often get uh, I get a big influx of orders at that point and often I get some really lovely pictures of displays that people have done in in their in their classrooms and or in their nurseries also for adoption week the same thing sometimes I think oh is it just tokenistic is it just for this week but a lot of times I can see that the books are in there I've got a lot of friends who've come across my books in in the kids libraries at school which I think is lovely really lovely that's really nice so for you what other changes would you would you want to see within the publishing industry to make it more diverse I I do I do know that it is it's harder to get your stuff noticed and the word niche is banded around all the time and I find that that's what what's uh, that makes it quite irritating because actually our families aren't, aren't niche, you know they're normal families and I think they should open the doors a little bit more to being more diverse and you know the same with them um, BAME books as well. It's about being conscious. I think schools have got to be conscious and I think educational establishments from nurseries right to the top have got to be conscious of how they're representing the real world that we live in and publishing houses yeah take some risks. And, and start representing us in uh, across the board. And I mean, it was great that CBBS did what they did. I think did they do a Todd Parr book as well? No, they did another one. I think maybe it was a family book that they did. I'd love them to do a a, a two mums story as well. Pick up my two mums, or any of the other two mums books actually. And I'd get who would I get to read? Yeah, I was going to say who would be your ideal narrator. Um, Sue Perkins would be good, I think. She'd be great. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah she'd be great. Okay, well, we're putting that out in the universe. That's out there. Wow. Sue Perkins to read Two Mums on CBBS. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so then what advice would you give to anybody who is in that position of wanting to put their story out there or tell a story? I would say just write it. Well, first, first of all is look at the, the, the books on your kid's bookshelf and... See which ones really, really work. Some really work and others, you know, not... Uh, I've got some well-loved favourites that my kids will read over and over and over and over again. And others, they read once or twice and that's that's them done. So it's kind of working out what the form, formula is for children's books. And then the other thing is, is just say, write it and then share it with friends. I mean, I shared it with friends and tweaked it and then I got somebody to edit it and it sounds really simple because it's you know it's it's a very simple book but actually every word does count when you're writing picture books and you've got to get the flow right and you've got to make sure the words work well and can be understood and that there's no ambiguity so I would say do that and then 
look for ways of self-publishing a, a, a good quality book. And also you can make digital copies of your books quite easily as well. So, yeah, just go for it. I mean, the more, the merrier. We, you know, there's billions and billions and billions of books out there that are heteronormative. So we need as many as possible for our, our types of families. Yeah. And I wanted to ask, so you've got you've got one teenage boy. Yeah. And then how old's your other one? He's 10 now. He's 10. So mm. I always love, especially whenever we speak to anybody on some families who've got older children, especially in the teenage years, what's it like having a teenager who's been adopted and, and how's that kind of road been been for you and your wife? It's been... Well, he's adorable. Our eldest son is just... He's, he's just gorgeous he's had quite a, a, a tricky road and some can't go into any details of course but he's had course, a, a, a bit of a tricky road in terms of contact we have always been very very open and life story work and all, and all the rest of it and I would say because we have been very open from day one that he's quite balanced about it and talks to us openly about his adopt his adoption he's got lots of adopted mates I mean that's why new family social has been fantastic in terms of we've got an incredible base of friends with similar age children and so not being the only adopted kid not being the only kid with two mums or two dads has been fantastic for him and he's really open he's quite proud and happy I really was worrying about the teenage years and is he going to kind of like skulk off to his room and is that it is that the end of cuddles is that the end of you know but he's he's brilliant he's gorgeous have a lot of fun together I've just introduced him to Shit's Creek, which he absolutely loves. So we've been watching that as a family over lockdown. I don't believe any of the rubbish about teenagers. They're, they're fab. Phew. It's good to hear. Um, I think that's always a worry for people. You know, it's a worry for myself. And I suppose it's a worry for any parent about how their child's going to get through their teenage years. But mm. coming from it from an adoptive point of view, also coming to it from an LGBTQ plus point of view as a parent, mm. you do think... Oh, what is those what are those years going to be like it's always nice to hear such such positives yeah he, i mean he has got a good sense of who he is and uh, when he does ask questions and some rough stuff comes up we are able to talk to him very openly about it i, I think my biggest piece of advice is just to seek out other adopters and other gay families i really think that's so important I actually, when we adopted, I always thought that the common denominator for us as parents would be seeking out two mums, other two mum families. And that actually hasn't been the common denominator. It's the adoption that's been the common denominator. So I've got a big breadth of friendships, but I know quite a lot of straight adopters as well, because there's things that you want to talk about, which are so pertinent to your situation, whether it be uh, contact, whether it be, you know, stuff coming up from the birth family, whether it be things to do with identity. I know my son really, really wanted to know about where he came from, do your DNA. That was really important yeah. to him. Yeah. We got that for his birthday last year, actually, because he just wanted to, he always thought he was a Viking. So, because he's very blonde hair and blue eyed. And he's just like, I just want to know more about, about me and where I come from. And so, because we haven't got any, any contact at the moment, that was massively important to him. Talking to other adopters about that, it's so important sense of, where am I from? You know, where, where's, where's, mm. where's my bloodline? Makes a uh, huge difference. Yeah. And so this is part of our book episode. I wanted to ask you, Carolyn, you can obviously put one of your own books in, but if you were to name one of your favourite LGBTQ plus books for children, which one would it be? I really, really, really like, and I don't know whether they're, they're back in print, 
but if I had a thousand mummies and space girl pukes, they're great. If I had a hundred mummies, if I had a hundred mummies, they're really good books. Love it. I'll look it up and listener will pop it into the show notes. Fantastic. Thank you Wonderful. for this, Carolyn. And honestly, like I said, this book has been read so many times. Like the kids, honestly, and they do quote it back saying, you know, I'm rather special because both my dads adopted me. And it's yeah. so lovely. Well, that's it's why so I did nice. it. Yeah, our families need to feel affirmed. So I'm so pleased. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. It was great, Stu. So interesting. And I think it was really, really interesting how she spoke about there never being enough books about LGBTQ people, particularly families, because it's so true. Like whenever I'm thinking, oh, maybe I'll do a children's book, something that might stop me is, for example, I saw the book you forwarded me about pirate mums and I thought, oh, someone's written a book already about two mums. Then I was like, no, hang on a second. There are so many books about mums and dads and you don't think straight people stop themselves from writing a book about another mum and dad, do they? Like, of course there's room for all of us. I think it's something that's across the whole queer spectrum as well. Like, even if you think about our podcast, you know, Some Families was the first UK LGBTQ plus podcast. Since we launched, you know, we've had Freddie McConnell, who, spoiler alert, is coming up as a guest on this podcast, have his own podcast, Pride and Joy. There are hundreds of parenting podcasts out there. So why can't you have two queer podcasts? And where are the others? Let's have more because it's all about celebrating and having as much representation as we possibly can. Just bringing it back to books. I feel exactly the same as you, Lottie. Like there can't be, and as Carolyn said, there just can't be too many LGBTQ plus family books. Why not? So back to our roving reports, and I got to chat to Gary and Gareth, who are the illustrator and the author of a new book coming out on April the 1st called My Daddies. They are both gay, adoptive dads. They're not together, just to be clear. 
So welcome Gary and Gareth to Some Families. We are delighted to have you on the podcast. Would you like to start by introducing yourselves? Hello, uh, my name is Gary Parsons and I'm the illustrator of My Daddies. Hey there, I am Gareth Peter and I am the author of My Daddies. We're talking to you today about this book which is coming out on the 1st of April and it's published by Puffin and it's called My Daddies and I absolutely love this book. I read it to my daughter and then I actually gave my copy of it to Stu, my fabulous co-host who is the adoptive dad of three kids himself and I loved it but could you start by telling us a bit about your families because I believe you were both separately adoptive fathers yourself. It does get quite confusing with Gareth and Gary doesn't it? There are quite a lot of similarities but yeah I knew I always wanted to to be a dad from when I was about 15 and 16 but growing up in the 80s and 90s I never thought it was going to be something for me but then section 28 got lifted and thankfully we were able to have the discussions about starting a family and looked at the different routes. We did explore a few possible routes but for me and especially my partner the adoption route was what we felt was right for us and we've actually done it twice. We've got two wonderful boys, one who is currently snuggled up in bed and other one who is um, deep in YouTube at the moment. (laughs) And how old are your kids now? Uh, Seven and four. And how old were they when they came to into your family? Uh, roughly about 14 months each. So that they, they were quite tiny. Okay. And Gary, what about, what's your family story? My, my family story is really similar to Gareth's. Uh, so I have, I have two boys and I think we, we, were, we were on holiday, my partner and I, in New York. And we hired this big SUV we were just thinking, you know, how many, look how many kids we could get in the back. <laughs> and really the whole process started from there. My eldest, we adopted him in 2012. Then we adopted another boy who was nine months when he arrived. And that was in 2014 he came. So how old are the, the kids now? They are 11 and 8, just gone, just gone 8, yeah. Do they get on well? <laughs> they get on as <laughs> as brothers would do, really, yeah. uh, and lots of players. Is that the same for you? I feel my main job is not author or parent, it's referee. <laughs> Listening to some of your other podcasts and talking to lots of other adopted people, I know it's not just us that have got very active and very lively boys. Yeah, and especially <laughs> in lockdown, I can imagine it's quite a stressful situation for you both. So onto the book, My Daddies. I'll just describe the front cover for for people listening. It's two handsome looking, very nice looking chaps in uh, bright coloured clothing, swinging a little toddler up in between their arms, doing what whenever I try and do this with my daughter my wife always tells me off and says I'm going to pull her arm out of her socket and there's a little dog jumping around it's a sunny day it all looks very very lovely and happy and and idyllic can you tell us a bit about the book how you two were brought together as an illustrator and author and also where the idea came from I kind of fell into picture book writing in an interesting kind of way I've always been a writer and so I created a book about the yearning of a gay man to become a father. This was way before I'd, you know, I'd found a life partner and even thought it could be a possibility. But I kind of put that aside and then children came along and I was constantly reading picture books. 
And I thought, do you know what? I think I'm going to start writing chapter books. These Horrid Henry ones, they're, they're quite fun. So I, I developed a series about my eldest going into a, a, a fantasy world. To get a little bit more knowledge, I went to a course that was half chapter books and half picture books. And actually, it was that day that completely changed everything and blew my tiny little creative mind. And I thought, why have you not done it? And I couldn't answer that question, so I started. And one of the first things I created was, it was in homage to um, my little lad. But of course, as you know, when you read lots of picture books, it has to be quite a lot shorter. It has to have a point, And these days it needs to have different layers to it. So that's when I kind of focused in on the main activity is fantasy coming from reading. And mm. so it became a book about love and families, but more importantly about reading and excitement through books. Amazing. And Gary, when did you come into the into the story? I've been illustrated for quite some time. So I was on the radar of Joe Marriott at Random House. He's he's our he's our key director and he put us two together. So I've been working with with him prior to meeting Gareth. So this kind of match just really seemed to work. I've spent a lot of time drawing dinosaurs that poo and all sorts of kind of <laughs> you're the dinosaur like that. that poops guy yes that's me wow uh, to, to 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 illustrate something that was really close to my heart and like a you know this is a this is a true telling this is this is my life really mm, this that must have felt really nice was great yeah. yeah when I was reading the book with my daughter we really liked the spread of the party where there's different families coming to the door because I think there's two mums that come to the door and all they're sitting at the table and my daughter was always um, pointing them out and saying look just like mama and mummy it's just so sweet to see your family represented in children's books because it's it's so rare that it happens and and we'll come on on to that in a bit so obviously as an adoptive dad yourself we talked about one of the spreads in the book which is the that you said was your favorite gareth of the uh it's like the my story book right which has all of the different components of the adoptive children's life before before they came to you. And I feel like I might be wrong, but that's certainly the first time I've seen that kind of thing really illustrated in that detail and spoken about in that detail in a book. Did you write it for adoptive parents or did you write it for all parents because of that sort of specific detail on the adoption process? I mean, that's a really, really interesting question. And I've given the book to several people to take a look at. And it's always that page that gets the biggest ah. Oh. Now that ah, oh, as as I dramatically created, then is in two layers. If you are an adoptive parent, or if you understand the adoptive journey, you know that's a life story book, and immediately there's there's so much emotion and impact within that. If if you don't understand what that is, the ah comes from a what a lovely reflection of that family what a lovely record of that family look we do those kind of things isn't that there's lots of similarities there as well so I think you kind of hit the nail on the head uh, when you ask the question is it for everybody or is it just for you know gay parents no absolutely it's for everybody Gary can, can you just talk to me a bit about in your experience as a children's picture book 
illustrator. You said you've been doing it for a number of years and I'm sure you've had to illustrate all sorts of crazy things in your time. But how do you feel about representation and particularly in terms of the families that you're asked to draw for books? Does it frustrate you that you're always drawing mums and dads? And what sort of power do you have as the illustrator to suggest changes? I do try and you know, slip in certain things every now and again. Generally, it's really lacking in diversity. So I think what I would really like to see in picture books is where there might be there might be two dads represented during the story, which is completely irrelevant to what's happening. Yeah, because it's it's almost like finding an Easter egg. Like when you see when you're reading a book that isn't about gay families and you see in the background like, oh, maybe they're maybe they're two dads or maybe they're two mums or it's a bit ambiguous absolutely I mean there are a few books as well I have a couple of favourites which are really wonderful but there isn't there really isn't very many tell, do books. tell us the books that, you, that you're thinking of yeah one of my favourites is Hello Sailor by Ingrid Gordon and this is this has been around for a while and there's there's one called Perfectly Norman by Tom Percival that's really great too and I have to say Julian is a mermaid I don't know if you know that oh yeah that's come highly recommended Jessica Love is just really beautiful things are moving yeah it's improving definitely moving with picture books this is the the first time a major major publisher has brought out a book in a, in a mainstream kind of way. I mean, if if you look at all these other ones that feature two daddies or same-sex relationships, a lot of them are either independently published or uh, with smaller publishers. Puffin, uh, Penguin Random House is actually the number one. So mm. this, this is a first. Well, it's brilliant and hopefully it's the first of many. I was wondering if you had the book on you or if indeed you remembered it at all. And if you could maybe just read us a little segment towards the end so people can get a nice sense of the book. My daddies are amazing. The world's best king and king. And story time with them will always be my favourite thing. Good night, daddies. Thank you. I I love the little end picture with the children asleep and the the daddies at the door. Yeah, so just for listeners at home, the sort of very, very last page of the book is a a scene that we all will know quite well, which is collapsed on the sofa at the end of the day. (laughs) I don't know if they've actually got a glass of wine that you can see in the book. No alcohol in picture books, but... Oh, interesting. Okay, well, that totally makes sense. Well, it's been brilliant having you on the show. Thank you so much. And the book is out on the 1st of April. So That's um, right, 1st of April. And it's coming out at exactly the same time in America as it is um, over here as well. And it's a slightly different title and a slightly different cover in America. Ooh, what's it called in America? Adventures with my daddies. Ooh, interesting. We wish you all the best with the book. I'm sure it's going to be a fantastic success and it's going to be mainstream which is going to be brilliant and breakthrough and so many families will discover it and learn something and we will be changing the world one book at a time so thank you both so much amazing and i love lottie that there is an lgbtq plus book where it is both the author and the illustrator who are adoptive gay dads so whoop whoop for representation yes and a shout out to my best friend even though everybody's taking the piss of me for calling him my best friend like i'm six years old but my best friend joe marriott at puffin penguin random house the publisher behind the book because he is 
not only my best friend, but he is a brilliant champion of LGBTQ plus picture book literature and he's really paving the way for some great books in the future, watch this space, say no more, that are celebrating queer families. So thank you, Joe, for all the work you're doing for the community. Go, Joe. So listeners, we do hope that you've enjoyed the little chit chat that Lottie and I have had about book club. Books today. We've had our sh- yes. glass of Chardonnay. We've bitched about our husbands. Yeah, we've got my, into the books. My parents' ruin is a nice glass of red. My favourite book companion. When I'm reading my own books, that is. Though I have been known to tuck the kids in bed holding a glass of wine whilst <laughs> reading a, a bit of Carolyn Robertson's uh, <laughs> fine literature. We hope to do this again soon. We were also going to be doing this live Lottie we're actually Mm. planning a live book episode at the yes at the Royal Albert Hall yes (laughs) with one person watching which would be your (laughs) mum bless her Lottie but um no at this amazing inclusive children's bookshop in Brixton called Roundtable Books and if you live in Brixton and you know it please go out and support it I've heard it's wonderful. In our next book episode, we hope that some of you may join us in the bookshop where we can sit and have a really good natter um, over some wine about some uh, some more inclusive books. There are some fabulous LGBTQ plus books out there. And if you're thinking of writing one, then do. Because as Carolyn said, there just cannot be enough. Thanks for joining us for our special books episode. If you'd like to get in touch with us, then you can send us a DM on social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at somefamiliespod, or you can write us an email if you've got your own story to tell us or something lengthy that you'd like to share with us. Somefamilies at storyhunter.co.uk. We also have our website, www.somefamiliespod.com, where you can find all transcripts and all our past episodes as well the library is now closed but don't forget reading is fundamental this episode was produced and edited by hattie moyer some families is a story hunter production deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.